Genesis chapter number 26, verse number 1. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went into Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will. I want you to notice all the eyes here, what God says. God says, I will be with thee, and I will bless thee, for unto thee and unto this seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thee these countries. And, from, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now he's going to say something very important here. He's going to say, listen, Isaac, it really didn't have a whole lot to do with you. Notice what he said. He said, it's because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes and my laws. I want to skip to verse number 12. And Isaac sowed in that land and received the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I like the sound of that, don't y'all? And the man waxed great, and he went forward, and he grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great stores of servants. And the Philistines envied him. Can I tell you God's original plan to, to evangelize the world? Was he's going to choose a people and bless them so much that the heathen around them would come and say, what are y'all doing that we're not doing? Because we see you're, you're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going. What are you doing that we're not doing? And they were to tell them, we serve the great God Jehovah. If you will tear down your idols, burn your heathen altars, and come serve the God that we're serving, you'll be blessed just like us. But they didn't do that. But I want to read verse number 14 again. For he had possession of flocks, possession of herds, great store of service, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines, which is a type of your enemy, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with dirt. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Get out of town. <laughs> he said, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we are. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water. Here's my message. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants, notice this, Isaac's servants digged in the valley and they found there a well of springing water. Can you shout amen? Amen. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, the water's ours. You ever met that bunch? The water's ours. And he called that name of that well Esek. That means the well of anger because they strove with him. So he dug another well in verse number 21. And they strove for that one also. And he called the name of it Sitna. That means the well of argument. Have y'all ever met the argument bunch at a church before? I don't want to get ahead of myself here. And he removed from thence and pitched another well. And for that one they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth and said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. I want to tell you what, bearing fruit for God is very important. Just... He went up thence to the Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and he said unto thee, said unto him, I am the God of Jerry Lankford, thy grandfather. 
Fear not. I believe we sung about that this morning. Fear not, for I am with thee, and I will bless thee, and I will multiply thy seed for my servants, Abraham's sake. I want to speak along these lines this morning. It's time to dig a new well. Father, thank you for the anointing that's on your word. Thank you for the precious people that have gathered together this morning, Lord, to hear this word proclaimed. Lord, I need your touch. I need your hand. Lord, I'm asking you to touch my lips, touch my vocal cords this morning. Father God, let me speak the oracles of God to this congregation, this word that you've given me, Father, for this church. And I give you praise that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish what you said it to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. There's over 1,100 chapters in the Bible. There's 31,173 verses in the Bible. And I've read through this Bible numerous times, but the Holy Spirit directed me to this exact passage of Scripture and said, this is the message I want you to give to this congregation for today. That's why I'm here. I'm on an assignment from the Holy Spirit. I've got a wonderful church in Andalusia, Alabama. Pastor Loper's preached there. I've got a group of people, and I say this humbly, they love Marlene and me to death. Don't want us to get, go anywhere, and I don't take I don't take preaching assignments anymore. I just I turn down about ninety percent of anybody that asks me to come and preach, except for evangel. I know when God calls me here to do something, I'm on an assignment, and I'm on an assignment for Him. And the Lord's picked out this passage of Scripture for this church for this day. And for those of you that might not catch on to this, I want to type this morning, if I could, Brother Jerry Langford as being a type of Abraham, and I'd like to type. Brother Jonathan Langford is being a type of Isaac. Now, I didn't say they were Abraham. I didn't say he was Isaac. But these are the types that the Holy Spirit gave me, and I want to give this to you so you can follow along with this when I'm preaching that this morning. And right out of the gate, the Lord speaks to, uh, speaks to, uh, to Isaac, and he says, I want you to know, I want to read all these eyes again. He says in verse number three, he says to Isaac, Sojourn in this land. You know, Brother Jonathan could have went somewhere else when Pastor Jerry resigned. He could have, he could have went to another land. He could, have, he could have got a job as a youth pastor just about anywhere in the state of Alabama or even maybe around the United States. But I'm saying, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed. Notice the Lord says, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto thy father Abraham, and I will make thy seed to multiply the stars of heaven. Can I tell you something? When God says something, he will do it, no matter how impossible it is. And the Lord is speaking this to, to Isaac right here. God says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And the Lord will make sure that he performs his word to people that uh, lives right and lives before him. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. God's always into multiplication and addition. <laughs> the devil's always into subtraction and division. Remember that. The Lord is always into addition and multiplication, and the enemy's always into subtraction and addition. But God says, if you will keep my charge, if you will obey my word, my blessings will come upon you and will overtake you. And you know, Isaac was a blessed child because Isaac was born into a family that was materially rich. Abraham was a rich man. To own a well in Palestine meant that you was a very rich person. And Abraham had 12 wells right here in this one passage of Scripture. So Abraham was materially wealthy. But what, what really made the difference in Isaac's life was he was born into a family that was spiritually rich. Amen. I mean, can you imagine being raised by Brother Abraham? Abraham was called the friend of God. 
Abraham was called the man of faith. Abraham was the man that talked to God and listened to God and had a relationship with God. I want to submit to you that Brother Jerry Lankford's had a relationship with God a long time. And he's been a man of faith to work here at this church. Amen. But Abraham and Isaac had a very special relationship. And as I was reading this and studying this, the Lord reminded me of this. Isaac was the son of Abraham's old age. Y'all know that story better than I do. The angel showed up. God showed up one day and said, guess what, Abraham and Sarah? Mr. Stork is going to visit your house. <laughs> And you're going to have a bouncing baby boy. Man. Sarah went in the back room, started laughing about it. <laughs> she said, I don't know if the Lord knows what's going on around here or not, but we're not going to have a baby. But the Lord heard her. And I want to tell you what, the Lord hears everything you say, whether it be good or whether it be bad. You know, if we, if we would conduct our lives, I hope I don't get chasing rabbits here. If we would conduct our lives realizing that the eye of the Lord is upon us all the time, that his ear is open to every word we say, we live a little differently. Yeah. Come on now. Amen. But he heard, what, he heard what Sarah said. Sarah laughed about it. But I want to tell you, God always gets the last laugh. <laughs> because it wasn't but a few years later, here come the bouncing baby boy by the name of Isaac, and they named him Laughter. That's what his name meant. Because he, he was such a joy to his parents. But the relationship between Abraham and Isaac was more like a grandfather and a grandson relationship because of the age difference. But it was a father and son relationship, but Abraham adored his son. He promoted him, helped him every way he could. And little Isaac worshiped the ground that his father walked on. I mean, he looked up to Abraham. Everywhere Abraham went, there was little Isaac, like a shadow right behind him, following around, watching everything he was doing. And there was something that happened in Isaac's life that would leave an indelible impression upon his brain forever. And I, I hope some of you have had spiritual experiences in your life that left an indelible impression upon your life because one day Abraham said, come on, Isaac, me and you are going to a special worship experience. And in Genesis chapter number 22, he, he took him to the place called Mount Moriah. And little Isaac went up to the top of Mount Moriah with his, with his uh, father and uh, they had everything they needed to sacrifice. They had the wood, they had the fire, they had the flint, they had everything they needed, but little Isaac wasn't stupid. And I want to tell you this, your, grand, your kids and your grandkids are not ignorant either. They know what's going on. Come on, you can't fool them. You might think you're fooling them, but you're not, you're not fooling them. But little Isaac, that wasn't his first worship experience, but him and his granddaddy, was, him and his daddy was up at the top of Mount Moriah. He saw, he said, he looked at Abraham and said, Father, I see the wood, the fire, and the flint. Everything was said, where's the sacrifice? And his, his, his daddy looked at him and said, today you're the sacrifice. Now can you imagine the horror that must have come up on this little kid's face as his own father grabbed him up, bound his arms behind him, and laid him on that stone-cold altar? And can you imagine what, what must have been going through Abraham's heart? But Abraham had so much faith that he knew if, that if he sacrificed him that God would raise him from the dead. Lord, give us that kind of faith. I, I'm not sure I would have had that kind. As a matter of fact, I know I would not have had that kind of faith. But anyway, he laid Isaac on this altar, and he got out a knife, and he pulled it back and was about to plunge it in his son's chest. And all of a sudden, a voice spoke from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, touch not the child, for now I know you really love me. And let me tell you what, when little Isaac heard that voice speak out of heaven and saw what God had done, 
That left a spiritual impression upon his brain that would be there for the rest of his life. He knew that Abraham had a walk with God and a talk with God. So he, he, he wanted to be like, like his daddy. That, that left an impression upon his brain that would last forever. And I know some of you, when you were little kids, had experiences in your life that it just changed you forever. They're still with you even today. Y'all don't know my whole story, but my great-grandfather, his name was Preacher Burton. He was a pioneer Baptist preacher that pioneered the church where I was raised at in the late 18, early 1900s out of an old Brush Harbor prayer meeting when the Baptists used to really pray. And they started that church back there. And his daughter was my grandmother, and her name is Ressie. Ressie May Gossett. You don't hear nobody named Ressie, R-E-S-S-A-E. Ressie May Gossett. My little grandmother was only 4 foot 10 inches high. I guess that's where I get my shortness from. But my little grandmother was a praying, godly woman. Her and my mother, too. And when I was a little kid, man, I was, I was, I was mean. I was, I was a little rascal, believe you me. But every Sunday morning, my little grandmother would come by my house walking on a gravel road because you could see the church steeple from my house down a gravel road and up a gravel road. But every Sunday morning, my little four-foot, ten-inch grandmother <laughs> would come by and grab me by the hand and say, Come on, Eddie, you're going to church with me today, son. My little grandmother would take me down that gravel road and she would take me into basement Sunday school classes. And she's the one that taught me about Daniel and the lions then. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Talk, taught me about the Apostle Paul and about the miracles of Jesus. And you know what she was doing? She was digging little wells in my heart. Amen. And, and the Holy Spirit, I would come up and sit on the front row as a little kid and sing and just, and I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was enjoying it. But the Holy Spirit had dug little wells in me, and the Holy Spirit was putting Holy Spirit water in me as a little child. And uh, whenever, whenever I became a teenager, I was raised with a rough bunch, and uh, I went the wrong direction, and the enemy came by and just threw shovel fulls of dirt in my well and clogged me up. For many years, I was a clogged up well. So Abraham had dug these wells. And now God's going to make it, the Holy Spirit's going to make a transition from Abraham to Isaac. And in verse number 12, it says, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Now listen, I'm not a prosperity preacher. Have never been a prosperity uh, preacher. Never will be a prosperity preacher. Not, not that I'm against it. It just ain't my cup of tea. But let, let's don't be foolish here, folks. If there was any bank opening up within a 100-mile drive of this church that told you Monday morning we're going to open the bank up and we're going to give you 100% interest on your money, every one of us would be driving to that bank in the morning trying to put our money in there. Amen? Because, you know, that's just the way. It, so let's don't, let's don't, just don't hate on somebody that believes that God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you, amen. And he, told, he sold in that land and received a hundredfold blessing and the man waxed great and he went forward and he grew until he became very great. He had possession of flocks, possession of herds, great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. And uh, the blessings of Abraham had come upon Isaac and he was so blessed that people couldn't stand him. <laughs> I mean, the People looked at him and said, get out of town, man. You're too blessed for us. I, 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 I ain't got a problem with that, y'all. Amen. As long as we don't flaunt it, get arrogant about it, get high and mighty about it, I pray God will bless everybody in here. And God, my daddy, my daddy used to say, God's gonna, not going to give a fool more than he can handle. <laughs> That's probably right. But God wants to bless us, and we are blessed. Amen. I am one blessed human being, and you that are in here, many of you are blessed by the Lord. Amen. 
And so, let's go, we're going to kind of go verse by verse. Verse 14 says that a man waxed great, went forward till he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, possession of herds, great store of servants, the Philistines envied him. Here I am down to my message. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines, which is a type of the enemy, came back and stopped them and filled them with earth or with dirt. Can I tell you, the devil don't want the Holy Spirit to flow in this church. Brother Jerry has done a fabulous job digging wells in this church where the Holy Spirit could move and bless and touch. But the enemy does not want a flow to continue in this church. And the enemy will do everything he can to try to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. But he can't. Amen. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I want to say this to you. The church is a body and not a building. It's a people and not a place. And the amount of the Holy Spirit, the amount of the Holy Spirit you have in this church will be contingent on the amount you bring through the doors with you every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Because the Holy Spirit flows through people. He don't flow through brick and mortar or concrete. He flows through people. But anyway, Abraham had dug all these wonderful wells. There was water in them. When Abraham left, the Bible says he departed. When he left, the enemy come in and began to fill, them, fill the wells up full of dirt. And I, I don't want to be repeating myself here, but Brother Jerry ministered here, I think, for close to 20 years and uh, dug some great wells here, some great wells. And I want to tell you what, if you know anything about building, you know the hardest part of any project is the foundation. And Brother Jerry labored here for 19 years building the foundation or digging the foundation for this church. He had to, he had to use a pick and a mattock and dig through rocks and stone and sandstone and went through all kind of things. I, I believe if I've got this story right, when Brother Jerry took this church 19 years ago, the district was getting ready to shut the doors down on it. It was under district superintendent, and I think y'all had somewhere around 20 people when, when Brother Jerry got here. And I, I know the story about Brother Jerry, that he led a prayer meeting here on, on uh, every, every night. I thought, was it, was it every night? Or at least I know on, on the weekends, and had three people show up, him, Brother Jonathan, and one elderly gentleman that I think that's gone on to heaven and they prayed and prayed and prayed and let me tell you what prayer still works y'all Amen. Amen. I want to say that I want to make sure you understand prayer still works if you want to change things start praying about it yeah. brother Jerry prayed here and God began to bless this church and use brother Jonathan to build a great youth group here and God began to bless but can I tell you what when he came here and he labored he dug this foundation out it, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy Amen. But thank God he's done such a wonderful job that he's got the foundation laid. Now it's time for, for y'all to build the church. Amen. That he's got in his heart and his dreams about. Amen. And so they dug the wells, redug the wells. The water began to flow. And then the Bible says that in verse number 18, they digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. Philistines had stopped them with earth. And he called their names. And then verse number 19 says, And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. It doesn't say how much water they were hitting in the old wells, but it does say when they dug a well for themselves, they hit a well of springing water. And there are several ways we can go with this. Number one, you can just dig and you can just drink from somebody else's well just so long. 
There comes a point in your life when you've got to dig your own well. Amen. I mean, I thank God for my little grandmother, and I thank God for my praying mother. And, I, you know, and some of you have ridden on the coattails of your grandparents and your parents, and some of you men are riding on the coattail of your wife, and you're drinking from other people's wells. I used to go to Gary Wood and drink out of Pastor Loper's well every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, but I was drinking out of his well. But there came a point in time in my life when I had to grab a, grab a shovel for myself and dig my own well, amen? And when you dig a well for yourself, you'll hit a spring of living water, praise God. I was, I'm here tonight because, or this morning because I took responsibility and dug my own well. I, I have church by myself. I, I'm not one of these kind that has to, has to be with a group of people before I have church. I have church with the Lord every morning when I wake up. Yeah. My wife will tell you the first thing I do is I go put on a cup of coffee and I go straight to my office. I put on my worship and praise music. I get my Bible out and I begin to read and I have church by myself. Amen. Amen. I, some of the best services I have is in my car driving from place to place. Yeah. I have church by myself. I don't, I don't have to come to drink out of this well. Amen. I brought the well with me today. Praise yeah. God. But that, that you're going to you're gonna have to dig your own well. But I want to talk to the church corporately right now. Because I want you to notice what it says here. It doesn't say how much water they were hitting in Abraham's old wells. And I, I, I think Brother Jonathan's got the wisdom to keep the same water flowing that Brother Jerry's kept flowing for all these years. But the Bible says Isaac's servants dug a new well. Notice it doesn't say Abraham's servants dug the well. It says Isaac's servants dug a new well. And you know, I wish I just had about an hour to talk to you about servanthood right now because that's something that's lost in the church. You know, Jesus' way, it says, if you want to become the greatest, you become the least. If you want somebody to serve you, you need to learn to serve others. But we've got that reversed in the church now. People want to come into the church and say, well, I'm here today, Lord. Ain't you blessed that I showed up? <laughs> hey, Jonathan, I hope you got something good to give me today because I've heard everything there is. And if y'all sing a song I hadn't heard in a while or, or sing a new song, I might raise my hand and I'm just going to sit here. You ain't going to receive anything. It takes servanthood. Learn to serve others. And the Bible says Isaac's servants dug a well, and they hit a well of springing water. Praise God. And I believe God wants to bust loose a new spring in this church. Yeah. I thank God for what Brother, Brother Jerry has dug here, but I believe there's going to come a time when a move of God's going to hit this church like it has never seen before, right. and there's going to be a new well of water flowing through here. And I don't know about y'all, I hope I'm a part of it, praise yeah. God. I hope I can come in here and just dive into that well and enjoy myself. God's wanting to do something new, amen. amen. God still anoints the old, but he also anoints the you, and you have to have a balance with that. But God sent me here to tell you that there's going to be a new well that's going to spring forth in this church, and it'll be because God has put his man in this pulpit that he wanted to follow. And um, I could go a lot, a lot of ways down like that way. But when that, when that new well of water began to flow, I want you to notice what happened here. It says in verse number 19, Isaac's servants digged in the valley, found their springing water. And immediately when the water started flowing, what does the next verse say? The herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's servants, saying, the water's ours. They come in and they got angry because they had sprung a well of water that they hadn't, it hadn't sprung in their lifetime. So they began to get mad about it. You know what? I, I, it's amazing to me. I, I pastor a small church, but even in my small church, people will get mad over anything. I mean, they'll, 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 they'll get anger in their heart. And I, I, 
Y'all may not know it. I know I don't look like much, but I don't put up with it. <laughs> I just tell you, my, my church respects me, and they know I love them, but I'm not going to put up with a bunch of troublemakers. I'm not going to put up with somebody getting mad. Well, the preacher didn't shake my hand today. Well, bless your little thumping gizzard. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they, they, they made a decision that, that I don't agree with. They, hardy, har, har. Did, did, did General Schwarzkopf check with the privates and the corporals before he said, let's go to Desert Storm? I don't think so. God speaks through his man. And the man speaks to the board. The board speaks to the church. And there may be things happen that you don't agree with. But let me tell you what, let me tell you what to do. Let the spirit of shut up come on you. That's number one. And number two, three, and four is pray, pray, and pray because God can change things and do things that you can't do. Amen. And uh, this is just a little preventative maintenance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. They, they begin, they begin to, to get mad about certain things. And people, you know, I know the Bible says be angry and sin not. And I've had to really work at that. <laughs> um, I used to have a hair trigger timber. I mean, I would go off on somebody in a New York second. I would blow up her nose. I'd fight a circle saw. I, I, I'm not saying I'm the baddest man around. I never was that. But nobody messed with me. But that don't work in the ministry. <laughs> and the Lord has had to do a mighty work inside of me to change me and give me a heart of compassion and a heart of love for people. And that's how I operate now. Prayer is what changes you. Amen. And I just said that. But people get mad over anything in the church. Come on, folks. I don't know if y'all ever think about it. And uh, as I was taking a shower this morning, and I just began to thank God for running water. I, I thought about all the countries that we've been to, Pastor Loper, that don't have running water and don't, don't have what we have here in this country. We really need to just be quiet, y'all. And I'm trying to be pastoral here. It's just, we really just need to be quiet. You got, you, got, you got padded pews. You got air-conditioned sanctuary. I mean, you, you, live, you, you sleep in better beds than you've ever slept in in your life. You sit in better chairs than you've ever sat in in your life. You eat better food than you have ever eaten in your life. Really, do we have something to gripe about because something don't go exactly like we want it to go in the church? Oh, give me a break. Come on now. But people get angry over anything. But then, hold on with me. We're going to get to the shout here in just a minute. But they, that same bunch, in verse number 21, they went a different direction and they dug another well. And that same bunch <laughs> that got mad strove for that one also and they named the well of that well Sitnah, the well of argument. There's people that likes to argue about things in the church, you know. You know, argument really is a form of pride. If you've got to give your opinion and your opinion's got to be raised higher than anybody else's and they ought to bow down to your opinion, you've got a problem with pride. That's the truth. you got a problem with pride. That's where all it stems from. But anyway, they begin to argue. You know, people in the church love to argue over things like, I don't like the color of that carpet. You know, I, just, not, I'll just leave it at that. We can, it's a list. It's an endless list, a mile long. Well, brother, 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 brother Jonathan's preaching out of a different translation than Brother Jerry did, and so on and so forth. And uh, you know what? I want a coffee shop in the foyer because everybody else in, in, in got a coffee shop, you know, and I want my coffee shop, my donut, and I don't know why I'm even saying this, but the Lord knows. But I'm just saying, people will argue over anything. They'll argue over anything. But, praise God, Isaac didn't pay any attention to any of that. In verse number 22, it says he removed from thence and digged another well 
and for that one they strove not. You know what? When all that stuff started happening, Pastor Jonathan, the arguing and the strife and the belly aching and the backbiting, and crying, he just kept digging. <laughs> he just kept digging the well, and finally he dug a, a well, and the name of it was Rehoboth. That's the well of room enough for us at last. When God gets through digging the well here at Evangel Assembly, this church is going to have a well that's room enough to receive everybody. And I want to tell you, I, I hope this church turns into a church that's multinational, multicultural, multiracial. I believe that's what God wants. I, Pastor Loper, when I was going to Garywood, and I, I'll just go ahead and say this, I believe that the Holy Spirit has shown me, and Brother Loper knows I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just get up here and say stuff just because I feel like saying it. But I believe the Holy Spirit has shown me that evangel, if y'all will do the right thing, can become what Gary Wood was in the 80s and 90s. I believe that God wants to do this. This is a growing area. People are moving in here. Brother Jonathan's not so narrow-minded that he can, <laughs> a, a mosquito can sit on the bridge of his nose and kick out both eyeballs. That's pretty narrow-minded. He, he's got a vision. He's got a vision. And I believe when God builds a church here at Evangel, he wants it big enough to receive every gift every talent. I believe that God wants to receive the rich, the poor, the middle class. Praise God. And we're fixed to get down to the shouting part. So he dug that well. He had opportunity to get mad and quit and leave. Brother Jonathan, there'll be times when you want to just throw in the towel and say, man, that bunch. <laughs> Even my little old church at West Highland. I don't want to get off chasing rabbits here, but God has blessed me with the most wonderful board members and the most wonderful board members' wives. They, they understand my wife's sickness. They don't put expectations on her. They've loved her through it. They've loved me through things. I've, been, I've had a target on my life for many, many years. When I, took, when I took West Island Assembly back in October of 2014, God started blessing our church, and man, I was having to ask people to come up, all of our regular folks to come up and sit in the front where visitors could come because visitors ain't going to come sit in the front row. Y'all you, you, need to move up and let the back rows, when it starts really moving, let the back rows be for visitors. So I was having to ask people to come up and let, let visitors find, find back row seats because it was growing so much. And the enemy don't, like I said, the Lord's always into multiplication and addition. The enemy's always into division and distraction. And he will come in any way he can and Brother Jerry, about six or eight months into that church, and man, we, I paid off our mortgage. I bought, paid the parking lot. I had a gravel parking lot. Paid the parking lot. We paid cash for it. I added 13 missionaries on and support $50 a month. God was blessing us financially. We took in $70,000 more from the first, second year I was there to the first year. And I, I'm not bragging on me. I'm, I'm just bragging on what the Lord could do. But I'm telling you, the devil don't like you. The devil don't like a church that, where the water's flowing. Y'all remember that. The enemy come by and tried to fill these wells up with dirt. And let me tell you, your battle will not come from the outside out there. Your battle will come from the inside. That the enemy will plant people that will be obstinate, be hard-headed, just try to uh, raise up groups, you know. And anyway, I went through that. But what I wanted to tell you was I was up teaching on a Wednesday night in my church, Wednesday night service, up teaching, didn't fill a thing. I thought I was talking like I'm talking right now. And all of a sudden, Marlene was sitting on the front row, and she began to motion me to come. I, I kind of walked when I was down there preaching. I, and she motioned me to come up there, and she said, well, sit down here. And I said, you know, I'm in the middle of my teaching. I looked at her like, are you crazy? I'm not coming sitting down there. So I kept right on going. And about five minutes or ten minutes later, 
a group of men came up, three men came up at one time and grabbed me by the arms. I said, Pastor, I said, you're going to have to sit down. And I thought, boy, am I, am I preaching false doctrine over here? You know, I, I, I didn't feel a thing. And uh, they said, something's wrong with you. And so they ushered me out to the parking lot, put me in a car, took me to Andalusia Hospital. They rolled me back, did a CAT scan. I'd had a brain aneurysm while I was teaching, minding my own business. Now, you look like the enemy don't like minding my own business, trying to encourage people. I had a brain aneurysm. They, they took an X-ray of my brain, put me on a life flight helicopter from Andalusia to Dothan, Alabama. I, I didn't ask for it. I didn't request it. They just put me on there without my permission. <laughs> and I, I still didn't feel anything. And I, I, as I was leaving the parking lot, I said, well, I'm, if a rapture happens first, I'll, be, I'll beat y'all there. Got me over to Dothan. Took me into the stroke unit and kept me over there for about four days. And anyway, y'all can see God's been good to me. But I, I went back to the hospital in Andalusia about two weeks after that to get another uh, CAT scan. And when I walked into the place where they do the CAT scan at, they started looking at me real funny and started whispering to one another. And I, <laughs> I looked at them. I said, well, I wore my deodorant today. And they just kind of grinned and said, Brother Gossett said what we were talking about. We've been in this, all of our group has been here for 27 years together. And said, you are the only person that we have ever seen walk back into this place. The only person in 27 years. So don't tell me there ain't a God in heaven. Amen. So. And I don't know how I got off on that story, y'all. But listen. Isaac's servants dug a well. They made it big enough. For receive everybody, and I'm going to close with this. This is what I want y'all to hear. Go to verse number 24 with me. We can put that on the screen, verse number 24. Right after they dug that last well, and the water was flowing freely, the Bible says, and the Lord appeared. The Lord appeared unto Isaac that same night, and he said, I am the God of Jerry Lankford, thy grandfather. Fear not. Did y'all hear what the preacher said up here? Fear not. That's the first thing I want to say to this congregation this morning is fear not. Because God is going to do something here that I, I think God wants to do something so big here that if he told Pastor Jonathan what he was really going to do here, it'd probably scare him to death. <laughs> That's the truth. And, and brother, brother Jonathan's going to make some decisions here, and God's going to ask him to make some changes here that's going to scare Brother Jerry to death. It's going to scare some of you old folks to death. God's going to do some changes here that's going to feel uncomfortable, but the Lord told me to tell you all this morning, fear not. Amen? That's the first thing. Fear and faith can't operate in the same vessel. Somebody told me one time, might have been you, Pastor Loper, said you feed your faith and your fears will starve to death. <laughs> feed your faith and your fears will starve to death. And so he said, first thing he said, and I'm saying this, standing up here because this is what the Holy Spirit told me to fear not, church, fear not. Then he goes on to say, in that same verse of Scripture, he says, I am with thee. I've dropped by to tell you this morning, God's with you in this. I know it's uncomfortable. Change is never comfortable. And I know when you've had the same pastor for 20 years, God says, I want you to know that I'm with you. Church, I'm telling you, I'm speaking. Brother Loper knows I, I pray, I seek God, I don't say anything. I get up here and just throw out word. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, folks. He says, I am with you. Amen. And I got to thinking about that. You know, as long as you've got God's presence here, 
you can work through anything. Could I get an amen? amen? If you've got God's presence here, you can work through anything. Amen. And God says, fear not, for I am with you. And then we're going to get to the good part here now. He says, I'm going to bless you. Whew. Hallelujah. Don't you like that? I am going to bless you, church. God is going to bless this church. And if we, if we want to take all this all the way back, he, says, he told him back here in verse number five, he says, I'm going to bless you because of what your father Abraham did. God's going to bless Brother Jonathan and you folks here because of what the, the foundation that Brother Jerry laid, his labor was not in vain. And I, 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 I haven't talked to Brother Jerry, but I, I'm sure if he's got human nature, and we all do, I'm sure there's sometimes he thinks about, maybe thinks along these lines when he's laying down at night. Oh, I hope I didn't do all that work there at Evangel for all those years to bring that thing from where it was to where it is today. I hope I, that it just don't fall apart when I leave. Well, I want to tell you, Brother Jerry, I believe the Lord spoke to me and said that he's not going to fail the work that you've done. But the blessing, the blessing that was on Abraham came through Isaac. God is transferring the blessings of Brother Jerry to Brother Jonathan right now. And he says, I am going to bless you. You need the blessings of the Lord in every area of this church. Amen. You need the blessings of the Lord on the pastor. You need the blessings of the Lord on the preaching. You need the blessings of the Lord upon the worship team. You need the blessings of the Lord upon the women's ministry, the men's ministry, the children's church, the Sunday school hour. And I'm praying, Lord, bless every area of Evangel Assembly of God. Amen. This can become a great church. It's a great church already, but it can become a really great church. Amen. So God says, I'm going to bless you. And then he says this. He says, I'm going to multiply. I'm going to multiply you. Why? Because of Abraham. Because of Abraham. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants to take this church right here, grow it, prosper it, bless it. And the only thing that can stop that is you. Don't forget I said this to you. The only thing that can stop that is you. If you pray, you live right, if you support your pastor and support this church, the devil can't stop you. He can try. Oh, he'll, he'll huff and puff. Try to blow your house down, but he can't do it because God's in the house. But God says, I'm with you, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to multiply you. That's the word God gave me for this church, amen, this morning. Hallelujah. I've got another word for you tonight, but I want us to have a time in the altar tonight. I mean, this morning, I want, I want our musicians to come back, if you would. Listen to me. Is there coming? If you believe what I spoke was from the Holy Spirit this morning, I didn't call Brother Jonathan, I didn't call Brother Jerry and ask him what I could bring this morning. I know I got a word from God.